0: Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We
1: behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are,
0: revealing who you are. All of the promises of God are guaranteed, but how can we move deeper into those promises? Join us now as we continue our study in the life of Isaac and seven ways he walked in the promises of God as we forge on in our journey through the lineage of the King with Cheryl Broderson. We will come. of Cheryl's message, Isaac, Seven Steps to Walking in the Promises of God.
1: I was up at my son's house last year, and he left me to watch the boys while he went in the house, and we were all in the backyard together. And you know, one of the boys kind of, you know, they were uh, three and two at the same, at the time, and one kind of, you know, shouldered uh, the other one. And the other one's not about to take that, the little one. So he comes at his brother with both hands and pushes him. And then, hey, it's fair game. So then, you know, big brother pushes him back. And pretty soon, they're literally rolling on the grass. Like, you know, just, you know, fighting or whatever, you know, scrambling about. And Char comes out and he's like, mother, you're supposed to be watching him. I said, well, I figured they'd work it out <laughs> and be a little more tired for it. You know, I've been watching my grandsons, my older grandsons, 13 and seven. They've been in my house. They've been having Nerf gun fights. They've been, you know, they've been tumbling over my furniture. Things have been getting broken. This is all to say, who wants to take a woman with twins into their harem? That's my whole point. (laughs) Nobody took Rebecca into their harem. She might be beautiful, but those twins were very... um, Protective, And we're told there that God blessed him in Gerar and made him very prosperous to the point that Abimelech the king says, please, please go away. Now, step five, Isaac sought to be where God wanted him to be. So we find him in Gerar. When the Philistines begin to envy him, King Abimelech comes to him and says, go away. This is chapter 26 of Genesis. You're mightier than we are. And Isaac knows not to go to Egypt, but he begins to move about Canaan, trying to find the right place to settle. I like this because, you know, God didn't tell him where to go. God's just like, I'll direct you. And sometimes God will use natural means. You know, resources are in this place and they're not in this place. This is where the job is. This is where the job isn't. And sometimes God uses our very circumstances to put us in the right place. And that's what we see with Isaac. He goes to the valley of Gerar, and he digs a well, but the herdsmen of Gerar begin to quarrel with him. So Isaac names that well Isak, or quarrel, and he moves on. He goes to a second place, and he digs another well. And again, other herdsmen come in. Now, he's had to move from Gerar because Abimelech asked him. He's had to move from the valley of Gerar because of this quarrel. In the second, second, or you could call it the third place, they dig a well. There's um, argument, quarreling about this. So he names it sitna or hostility. Then he moves to the third place and he digs another well and there's no quarrel. And he names it Rehoboth or for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Or in other words... This is probably the place God has for us to be. And he settles in Beersheba. Step six, don't worry, we only have seven. Isaac worshiped God. We're told that in this place, God appeared to Isaac. This is the second time. And God reiterates his promises to Isaac. And the same night that he settles into Beersheba, he's in the place God desires. He's been obedient to God's directives not to go to Israel. He's blessed by God. He's prospered. He's got flocks. He has water with no hassles. He's got twin sons. And there God says to him, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. Perhaps being sent away from Abimelech he had some fear because Abimelech is the king, and he says, I don't want you around here. And that um, there's nothing worse than rejection, is there? Betrayal. It just hurts. Perhaps he's concerned because of the st- times of strife with the shepherds, and he doesn't want to strive anymore. He doesn't want quarreling, he doesn't want fights. Maybe these things made Isaac a bit uneasy about truly settling in the land and the promises because of this quarreling, because of people coming after him, because of the rejection. But God knows exactly what we need to hear from him and when we need to hear it, doesn't he? He knows when we need to hear, do not fear. As the promises were for your father, so they're for you, Isaac. As I was with your father, I will be with you. He knows that Isaac needs to hear, do not fear. I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants. These promises were already guaranteed because of his father. He said, because of your father, Abraham, it's a no fail promise. It's a done deal. All the promises of God are guaranteed. They're a done deal. We're just waiting for them to be seen and to come to fruition. They're already written. They're already done. They're already assured. And so Isaac worships God by building an altar in response to all God has done for him, all the promises God has already fulfilled, and for all the promises God has made to him, and for all the promises that God will continue to fulfill. He builds an altar, and we're told that Isaac called on the name of the Lord. It's at this place he said, I will never serve anybody else. You are my God, and you alone are my God. Finally, step seven, Isaac set an example for others. Abimelech this Philistine king that kicked him out of Gerar, visits him with the commander of his army. And Isaac questions him about why he's visiting. He said, look, I thought you hate me. You hated me. You sent me away, didn't you? What are you doing here? And Abimelech says this, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. Abimelech saw God's blessing on Isaac and he wanted to make a covenant with Isaac because of God's blessing. I've seen God operating in your life. I saw him even when you were rejected and you were sent out of Gerar. I saw God with you. I saw God on you in the quarreling and the different wells and then the Rehoboth and the Beersheba. I see God's hand of blessing upon you. And I want to make a covenant with you that you will not go to war and you will not hurt me and I will not hurt you because of God's blessing on you. Isaac Set an example. He could have quarreled. He could have defended himself and said, My father dug these wells, and I'll be darned if I'm going to do them. you say. Sure. I got an army here. Come on, servants, let's get rid of the shepherds. He could have done something like that, but he didn't. He just moved further into the promises of God. He just moved deeper into the promises of God. He just kept walking into the promises of God. And in so doing, he set example for everyone else when there's quarreling, when there's attack, sink yourself deeper into the promises of God. As we look at the life of Isaac, we see that he'd never performed some noble deed. He never left the country of his birth. Maybe you feel this way sometimes. I've never even been out of America. Maybe some of you have never been out of California. Don't worry, California's the best. <laughs> he simply walked in the promises of God. Perhaps you feel a little like Isaac because you're not directly in ministry. You're not hired by your church. You've never done anything exceptional. I fed my dog. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, Lord, what am I doing for you that's productive? Yet God is calling you to walk in his promises, and you can do so the same way that Isaac did. One, believe the word of God. Step one, believe the word of God. Step two, Wait on God to accomplish His will for your life. Don't do the choosing for yourself. Let God do the choosing. Wait on the Lord. Three, seek God's provision in deficits. Go to God first in trials, in problems, in issues. Seek God first. Fourthly, obey God's word. It's not just believing, but it's obeying. Don't go where God tells you not to go. Don't go there. Sometimes there are certain thoughts that come in my mind and I feel the Holy Spirit saying, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go to Egypt in your thoughts. Don't go to Egypt in your heart. Don't go to Egypt in your life, taking care of numero uno. Don't go to Egypt. Obey the word of God. Do what God says. Psalm 37 says, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. It also says in Psalm 37, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Seek, number five, seek to be in the place God wants you to be. God, where do you want me? It's not just what do you want me to do, but where do you want me to be? Seek God's will for your life. This applies to every area of your life. What job does God want you to have? What apartment or house does God want you to have? What church does God want you to attend? What social group, what community? Where does God want you? You want to be in the place God wants you because even if it's hard, it's the place of promise. Even if there's quarreling along the way, you want to get in the place of promise. Six, worship God. Worship God. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, we find as the people begin to worship God, that God set an ambush against the enemy. We need to worship our God. We need to thank him for all he's done. We need to praise him for all he is and he is doing. And we need to call upon his name. Now, when we say call upon his name, that means everything that he is. His whole testimony, his works, his glory, his beauty. God is a saving God. Today, I was reading in the Holman's Christian Standard Bible because that's the Bible I'm reading through this year. And I love it. I love it. It's like so good. I, last year I went through the New Living Translation and I loved it. Now I'm in the H.C., um, you know, Holman's Christian Standard Bible. I am loving it. I'm like loving it so much it's crazy. So I'm reading First Samuel chapter 14. And this is the way it puts it. Remember when Jonathan is like, um, the Philistines are coming against Israel and Saul's all, you know, scared and everybody else is hiding. And Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and said, let's take him on and see what God will do. But this is how it says it in HCSB. It says, nothing keeps the Lord from saving, whether by many or few. But the Lord said, stop there. Nothing keeps me from saving. Nothing keeps the Lord from saving. The name of the Lord is Savior. He's zealous to save. This is what he does as he saves. He's a Savior. You know, yes, he's a Savior. But what else is he? Our God is love. He's loving. Our God is a comforter. Our God is truth. Our God is light. Our God is a defender. Our God is a rock. What do you need today? Say it out. Whatever you need today, just say it out. Okay, some of you are going to get it and some of you aren't because you're not saying it. Come on. What do you need today? Just say it. You got it because God is. Do you see it? You've got it because God is. He is whatever his people need. God is. God is. It's not that he will be or he sins. God is. God says of his name, I am whatever my people need. That's what the name Yahweh means. I am that I am. I am whatever my people need. Not that he just meets that need, but he is that need. He is provision. He is strength. He is life. He is truth. This is our God, and he deserves all of our worship. I do not want to be distracted by the devil from worshiping the Lord. I do not want to put more faith in lies than truth. I do not want to put more faith in darkness than in light. I do not want to put more faith in oppression than deliverance i do not want to put more faith in destruction than restoration i want my faith and my worship to be in god and i don't want any other gods to compete with that but in god alone and then As you walk in the promises, as you are obeying, you're seeking, you're worshiping, you're looking to God in deficit, you're believing his word, you're waiting on the Lord, you are setting an example for others. This is what happens. When we walk in the promises, everybody's watching you. How's she going to handle this one? What's she going to do in this one? They're watching. They're watching. There have been times that I've been so depressed. Two years ago, because of some attacks that came that were very, very harsh, extremely terrible, I pulled the car in the garage, and the devil came, sat on the seat next to me, and said, Cheryl, close the garage and let the car run, and it can all be over right now, and you can have rest don't you want rest, Cheryl? Don't you want peace? Don't you want these people to quit saying these things about you and your husband? And all of a sudden, I heard the Lord say, Yeah, and they'll blame Brian. <laughs> and I'm like, The devil! Get thee behind me, Satan. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me What kind of example do you want to set for Kristen and Kelsey? and char and braden. I want them to know that God is bigger, bigger than the lie, bigger than anything that comes against them, that God keeps his promises. And if I have to be the one that goes into the war, if I'm the one that is attacked and has to hold up the shield of faith, I want him to see, see, look at this shield. It works. See this breastplate. It works. See this helmet. It works. See these sandals, they work. See this sword, it works. I want to set an example to my grandchildren. You can trust in Jesus. I didn't know my grandma, but you know what she left me? Jesus never fails. I didn't know my great grandma, but you know what she left me? Jesus never fails. I want to leave an example for my children. And they can say, mom went through something harder than this. And Jesus saw her through it. And remember, he made her righteousness to shine as the noonday sun. Remember, I want an Ebenezer stone that says, thus hath the Lord helped us, which means he will continue to help us. I want that for my children. I wanna set an example. And you know what? People are watching our lives. They're watching to see, will God really come through? And they're not gonna covenant with us Until they see us on the other side. Isn't that true? They're waiting. Like Daniel and Darius. Daniel, is the God that you serve continually able to deliver you from the mouth of the lions? Oh, do not worry, King Darius. That God I serve sent his angel to close the mouth of the lions. God is able God is absolutely able. And we can set an example to others. You never know who's watching. Isaac had no idea that Abimelech was watching. Abimelech had hated him. He had no idea that Abimelech was watching his life. God has given each of us exceedingly great and precious promises. And it's time we start walking in those promises. Step by step. Believe wait. Go to him in deficit. Obey. Seek. Worship. Set an example. It's not about you. you know, that's what the Lord keeps saying. This is not about you. This is spiritual. It's about me. It's about me. And it's about the generation to come. It's not about us. But God can use us to set such a stellar example. Keep going forward. Don't stop moving forward. I was running in England, and those of you who know me know how much I hate to run. But I did it because some gorgeous girl volunteered to run with Brian. So I took up running. And uh, I wear shin guards, I look absolutely ridiculous, I'm not a pretty runner, I'm not even like a pleasant smelling runner. I'm not even sure I'm a runner, but my legs are moving so that's got to qualify for something. And as I'm running, this dog attacked me. And it's like it's like trying to get a grip on my leg. It was going after my calf. And uh, I, I'm running, and I just kept running. And it was like the Spirit of the Lord was saying, just keep running, just keep running, just keep running, just keep running. And the dog could never get a grip. And it was like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, when is this dog going to stop? And I probably ran. Um, probably a quarter of a mile with that dog trying to bite me the entire quarter and you know the, the precious English people that didn't have their dog on a leash you know poopsie poopsie oh no no don't do that to the nice lady you know thanks get the dog get here. you know but the idea was not to stop don't stop keep going. Because you know what would have happened if I had stopped? That dog could have gotten a good grip. But as long as I was running, the dog could not get me. The other day I was running again, and uh, this huge fly came after me. It was huge. It was like a biting fly. And he's like, and I'm, you know, I'm like running and I'm taking off my hat. I'm swatting at it, but I'm running, you know? Yeah, that's how it looks. It's ugly. And I'm I'm just doing it. And it's like, I'm swatting it. And the flies, and I'm like, Lord, you know, Beelzebub is after me, the Lord of the flies. And I'm, I'm running and I felt the spirit of the Lord again, just outrun it. Outrun the fly into the promises of God. And I outran that fly. It got tired of me. It got bored with me. It found somebody else who was sweating harder. And it went after them. This is what I want to say to you. Keep running into the promises of God. Don't stop. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Run. Keep going in the promises of God. Don't let anything deter you. Don't let anything stop you. Run in the promises of God. God said to the Church of Philadelphia, I have set before you an open door, and no one can close it. He's saying, run into the promises. He said, I am the one who has the keys of David. What is that? That's the lineage of Christ. This is it. He has set before you, my dear sisters, the open door. He has opened the door of the keys of David, the lineage of Christ, and said, you can step into these promises you can step into all these promises. Take that step and start getting deeper and deeper and deeper so that the nipping dogs and the biting flies can't get you. Go into the promises of God. Let's pray. Go ahead and stand up. Lord, we thank you that we are safe in your promises. Lord, we thank you for Isaac, who just simply walked in your promises. Lord, may we be women who walk in your promises, who remain in your promises, who, Lord, go deeper into your promises every time there's a quarrel, every time there's hostility, every time there's rejection. Lord, work this in us, we pray, by your precious Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. We rest in You. We trust in You. We wait upon You. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: God has given each of us exceeding great and precious promises, and it's time we start walking in those promises step by step. Believe, wait, go to Him in deficit, obey, seek, worship, and set an example. Christian, keep running into the promises of God. If you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply visit our website at graciouswords.com or call 1-800-733-6443 and refer to it by name, which is Isaac, Seven Steps to Walking in the Promises of God. Once again, our website is graciouswords.com and our toll-free number is 1-800-733-6443. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we will look at Jacob and how we can learn to rest in the promises of God as we continue our series with Cheryl Broderson through the lineage of the King.